You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Eric Trousseau here, excited to be joined by Joy Dixon, a 2014 Tallahassee fellow, and she does a ton of stuff with NLC National on their National Programs Committee. So excited to hear what the latest is as we get ready for a convention and hear what's the latest in Florida as well. Thanks for listening. Let's get to it. All right, Joy, whenever I have people from Florida on, I always ask them, what is the perception about Florida that drives you the craziest? What kind of things do people get wrong about Florida? So um, people tend to forget that it does get cold in Florida. Um, Whenever people think of Florida, they always think of Miami. But I live, and I'm from Central Florida originally, but I live in North Florida, in which it actually snowed this past January. So it does get down to the 20s and 30s. Got it. And then you've been with NLC for a while. How often do the NLC Florida chapters get together or communicate? So um, the direct the co-directors tend to uh, communicate communicate quite a bit. Um, we used to do a Florida convention, and we haven't done one in a couple of years. But um, people are always, but I mean, like when you meet someone from another uh, Florida NLC chapter, it's all love. Got it. And then the fellows classes you've been involved with, what? tends to be the typical profile of folks in Florida? Are they mostly coming from the political world, educational world, or is it a good mix of all sorts of stuff? You know, it really varies. Um, yeah, it really varies. I think people have been more intentional with um, with getting uh, fellows from different from different sectors, not just the political specter, uh, sector. So um, nonprofit like myself, uh, we've had ed- educators, attorneys, um, activists. It just it just runs the game. We even had entrepreneurs, which is always amazing. Mm-hmm. And then for us out here in Los Angeles, and I guess it's probably true for most of California chapters, you know, things have been pretty progressive for some time. Mm-hmm. So what's it like being in an LC chapter where there is really a ton at stake in terms of either flipping seats or having the state go more progressive? There's really a lot you guys can do. How does that inform the, the kind of action that you guys want to take as a chapter? Well, it really lets us know that we have a huge opportunity um, because Florida is a battleground state and it makes us keenly aware that every election is significant because we know somehow Florida is going to make it onto the national scene somehow, some way. Um, in Tallahassee, for example, people are engaged uh, like on a local level with the mayoral uh, campaigns and, and commissioner campaigns and just statewide. Um, we have you know, folks running for governor who are huge supporters of NLC chapters in general. And so it's just been interesting to see how people are getting involved that way. Now, for folks that are considering how to vote or why they want to vote Mm -hmm. in the upcoming midterm or even 2020, what do you feel like are the issues that are most important to people in Florida right now? Is it healthcare? Is it other things? What's the main top of mind topic? Um, I would say um, the economy and also healthcare is is a huge factor. Also, um, for folks who live outside of Florida, they, they might not be aware um, that our environment is a hot topic issue um, because we currently have an administration in place. Uh, you know, our governor does not allow climate change to be named uh, <laughs> among the, the state employees, which is astounding. So that's a huge, um, those are some huge issues that we really look at. And then you've done a lot in your own life advocating for, for different health projects and causes. Mm-hmm. What kind of things are you working on these days? So these days, um, well, professionally, I work in um, cancer prevention. And so what I do is I'll do a lot of creating access to care, um, 
guiding uh, federally qualified healthcare centers on how to be more effective in increasing um, their cancer screening rates because a lot of a lot of people, if they're uninsured or underinsured, fall through the gaps. And even people with insurance sometimes don't get the screenings they need. And so a lot of my uh, time professionally is focused on that. And then outside of work, I'm really engaged with increasing access to, um, to health through um, healthy foods. And so I do cooking classes, um, healthy eating workshops, and and that's just been a huge passion of mine uh, for years because I do have a background in public health. So then if you had one or two pieces of, pieces of advice for people who want to upgrade and improve their cooking abilities, uh-huh. especially when it comes to making things that are healthy, what are the usual one or two pieces of advice that you give? Mm, good question. Let's see. Um, I would always tell people to um, start with, with what you know. Um, start with what you know. For instance, um, some people think that they cannot have their favorite dish. And I always say, no, you can have it, but let's find a way to make it healthier for you. Um, and then another thing, um, I would say, um, don't be afraid to season your food. Um, it's okay to season without the salt. Um, there's so many things people can use, such as garlic, basil, thyme. I can go through the whole gamut. And something, one of my personal favorites, nutritional yeast, um, which helps almost anything uh, have a savory, cheesy flavor for all those cheese heads out there. And then when people travel, because we'll be traveling next week to Houston, and Houston mm-hmm. is not necessarily known for its healthy cuisine, <laughs> what, kind of advice, what kind of advice do you give the people who are on the road a lot traveling for work, trying to eat healthy? That's a great question because I'm constantly on the road traveling yeah, for work. I always tell people, make sure you hydrate. Uh, a lot of times people eat out of boredom. or um, And so I always tell people, drink, drink water first because a lot of times – Hunger is mistaken for dehydration. Um, drink water first. And also, um, some healthy snacks that are easily found are nuts, uh, dried fruits, and try to prepare if possible. Um, as a matter of fact, I just launched a website called um, Order Up Vegan that is specifically designed to help people who uh, travel either for work or business and gives tips um, and reviews of different restaurants they can try on the road. Um, I just launched it, but people are welcome to check it out. And so are you yourself vegan? I am. I've been vegan for 13 years this summer. Interesting. Because, yeah, one of the, I think, nice things about NLC LA is some of the early folks were all about food justice, animal justice. And so mm-hmm. veganism was is definitely an important part of our chapter. And we have a, a really great fellow named Jaya who comes in and, and does some great trainings on folks, really helps folks mm-hmm. uh, maybe make some different choices on on food. Do you feel like you went vegan for, for health reasons or animal rights reasons? What, what led to that choice? I specifically went vegan for health reasons. Um, in 2016, my grandmother, who I was extremely close to, um, passed away from complications of diabetes and heart disease. And I remember um, when she passed, it was a huge wake-up call to me because I thought to myself, this could have been prevented. And I, I saw signs of um, prediabetes in myself. And a lot of times, um, chronic diseases that people have are self-inflicted. You know, some people do have um, different ailments that are genetic, but oftentimes they are lifestyle-induced. And I thought, if there's a way that I can um, create the best outcome for myself, I'm willing to do it. And I also am just passionate about helping other other people prevent those um, chronic diseases as well. And then I've asked other vegans who've been on the, the pod about this, how close are we, do you think, to a cheeseburger that's vegan that tastes like a cheeseburger that's not vegan. Because I feel like once you can cross that threshold, it really would change people's uh, willingness to explore going that 
going that route? Yes. Um, well, you know, it's 2018, right? And let me tell you, the, the food technology <laughs> that has come out, that has made it so close uh, to a real cheeseburger is astounding. I'm thinking about um, products like um, Beyond Meat that has this burger that when I first bit into it, I was convinced that it was uh, a meat-based burger. I was like, oh, wait, wait, okay. are you sure? Like, are you sure? They're like, no, this is a package. <laughs> and also, um, there's a company that uh, the the burger actually bleeds. I mean, I was just blown away. There's so many options now um, for people who are looking to transition their diet, even if maybe not for their entire life, but even if it's just one day a week, like a meatless Monday or even one meal a week. I just encourage people that if you can even just do one meal, that's a step in the right direction. Nice. Listen, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about national stuff with NLC and a little bit more about convention. Thanks for listening to The Zag. We'll be right back. Great. All right, Joy, give me the scoop. So the National Programs Committee, which you're on, and I think you're chairing now this year, what does the National Programs Committee do for NLC? So, um, yes, I was just uh, selected as chair of the National Programs Committee. Um, so that's awesome. Wonderful. <laughs> grateful for that opportunity. Um, the NPC, as we call it, is um, is a body made up of uh, senior level volunteers who have been really dedicated and committed to NLC um, for, you know, a couple of years. And its its goal is to serve as an advisor to um, the executive director and also to help out with some of the uh, programmatic operations and providing uh, great customer service to our people on the ground, our NLC chapter directors and our local executive boards. And then what are one or two things in your chairpersonship as you go through this year that you want to see evolve and change? What ways can NLC get better? Let's see. So um, <laughs> I've just gotten into this role, so I have been giving it some thought. Um, I think some ways that we can uh, get better is making sure that people are aware that we exist. I think that chapters are very excited about NLC, and so I think we can improve on how we're branding ourselves. And also, um, I would just love to to see um, – to see board members get engaged and take ownership of what NLC is because um, it's great to have a wonderful uh, chapter director or people on the NPC. But the thing is, you know, every chapter gives local flavor. And um, and I'm really excited to see um, what sort of innovative things and practices that chapters can do um, to, to generate more uh, progressive issues within their communities. Let me ask you this, because we've been having this conversation a little bit the last couple of weeks as we prepare for uh, our, our new new board has their first meeting at the end of August, and we're looking ahead mm-hmm. to 2019 with Institute. We've gotten good feedback that the, our Institute itself does great work when it comes to being uh, a, a space to talk about how to be anti-racist, how to dismantle white supremacy, how to really be a strong advocate for the things that we want to be about when it comes to those topics. But then we've come up a little short as a, as a chapter in the space of Los Angeles, sort of mm-hmm. showing people that we're about that as well. It, you know, what ways do you see NLC positioning itself as an organization that is really fighting that fight on the front lines? Or how would you encourage chapters uh, outside of Institute to really try to take that role? So, yeah, this is something that's really on the hearts and minds of a, a lot of folks out there. Um, and it's great that it's coming to the forefront. I think that chapters can 
can really get comfortable with being uncomfortable in addressing it. I think it's I think it's wonderful that that the LA chapter has um, taken upon themselves to to look at ways to to delve into this issue um, around racial ju- uh, racial justice. And I think uh, more chapters can do that in a way that's going to be um, positive as well as um, be mission oriented in in reaching out to uh, communities of color, um, whether it's hosting policy forums or um, or different trainings that will educate and bring awareness about this. Got it. Last thing, let's talk a little bit about convention. I'll, I'll see you here in, in a couple of days in, in Houston. Have you ever been yeah. Have you ever been to Houston before? I have been to Houston. Uh, my best friend lives there, so I'm so excited. And actually, she's heard me talk about NLC for years. I mean, <laughs> as everyone does. I mean, they, people literally think NLC is my full-time job. They think it's like my real job. Oh, yeah. That's a good <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I've been to Houston. I love it. I know it's going to be hot as the Dickens, but they have some great restaurants and vegan restaurants. I've got to put that plug in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. And then do you spend most of your time at conventions catching up with people? Do you spend it going to sessions? How do you usually plan out your three, three or four days there? Well, if I had my way, I would only go to sessions. But typically, <laughs> <laughs> but typically I am, I'm usually conducting a session or I'm running around doing something. This year, I have the pleasure of doing a spark talk and, um, and yeah. uh, conducting uh, a director's session, uh, as as well as some other duties. So um, I'm I'm really excited about that. But I love catching up. This is really my favorite time of the year, like coming to National Retreat because I see my friends who I haven't seen all year. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Listen, I'm excited to see you in a couple of days here, and excited for everyone who's listened to this episode of the Zag to know that once we get to convention, we're gonna to try to do a lot of mini pods as well, catching up with a lot of people from different chapters. So stay tuned for the feed as we get uh, started on Thursday through next Sunday. Hopefully, you'll see a lot of interesting conversations with a lot of interesting progressives across the country. You can find all past episodes of the Zag, all 79 of them, Spotify, iTunes Store, Google Play, just about anywhere. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you soon.